This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Step number seven, okay? Step number seven is as follows. And many people who live their lives, I get this question in various forms all the time from people who say, you know, my mother said this to me. My daughter said that to me. A boy said this to me. My boss said that to me. And we're so influenced, almost like a flag in the wind, by everybody else's opinions, by everybody else's comments, by everything that everybody else is, is, is saying to us. We're like, today was a good day. Why? Because this girl told me that she likes my whatever. Okay, fine. Very nice. So now I'm up. And tomorrow this girl says she doesn't like it. And now I'm down. And this girl, tomorrow she gave me a good look. So now I'm up. So we're like puppets on everyone else's strings that they like move us up and down. Like, oh, I'm smiling. Oh, I'm sad. Why? Because other people hold the strings to our emotion. But if you realize, you say, the only one who controls me is me. If every time you got angry, instead of saying somebody else's name, you said your own name, you don't say, Shandy, you say, I allowed myself to get angry when somebody else is, because it's me, my choice. If you actually started to feel that, then you will stop allowing outside people and outside stories, events to influence your mood. I think this is one of the biggest steps somebody could work on is this one thing. Do not allow other people to influence your mood. I'm going to say something drastic for worse or for better. Meaning, if you're a person flying high after a compliment, there's a lack. There's a lack of confidence. If you're so good, you know you're good. That person saying, you know how good you are. Yeah, okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Cordial, nice. But if that's going to send you over the moon, that person is going to throw you in the gutter also. If you are in their hand to go up or down, and I'm saying this carefully, even up, then you will find that you are also going to go down. When they don't agree with your decision or they don't like something that you said or they disagree with your choices, you will find that you'll be down. Why? Because other people hold the key to your happiness. Only you could hold the key to your happiness. If you know you're awesome, you know you're awesome. We'll talk about criticism in a minute. But number seven is that you control your own life. You control your life, not other people. Number eight, many people look around and compare themselves to other people. And they say, yeah, it's true. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not bad, right? But that person over there, they're like amazing. They're like world-class. You look on whatever Instagram, whatever, all these other things, right? People making zillions of dollars, huge houses, huge cars, tons of money, great family, always happy, nothing wrong in their life. And it's like, what could be better than this? So you look at your own life, you're like, "Eh, my car, (laughs) it's a gold cart compared to that. My house is a shed compared to that. Like you look at your own thing, you're like, I'm saying like, what do I have? (laughs) I don't have much compared to what other people have. There's a story that I once saw, which to me was a very eye-opening story. The story goes that there was a coach who was a coach in soccer. And this coach said that when he was younger, he had students that would come to him to play soccer. So figure a bunch of eighth grade kids would come and he would line them up on the soccer pitch and he would say to them, okay, 
you play center, you play this, that, I don't even know, whatever. You play offense, you play defense, and you're the goalie. And he turned to one kid and he said, you're the goalie. And this kid said, Go, I'm, not a, I'm terrible at goalie. I'm not a good goalie. So he said, what makes you say you're a bad goalie? He says, well, a few weeks ago, we were playing soccer, and they put me in the goal because I'm the fattest kid on the thing. They figured I would block up some of the goal. <laughs> and meanwhile, I, because I'm so I can't move. And they're just like whacking the, the balls just flying over my head. Well, I, I can't play goalie. I'm the worst, the worst goalie on the team. And the most important person in this in the team is the goalie. You don't want me to be goalie. So the guy says, no, I want you to be goalie. Okay. I want to teach you something about yourself. You say that you're not a good goalie because you played goalie once or five times. But that's not the definition of being good or not good at something. If you don't play music, and I ask you, are you good at playing guitar? No, terrible at playing guitar. The Haraya, give me a guitar. I can't play, right? Can't. <laughs> Many years ago, I, I bought a little secondhand guitar, and I was trying to, um, what was that song? Uh, you know the song. Um, um, whatever. Uh, there was a certain song, okay? Volume um, Shisa, right? Okay, so I was playing that song, okay? for hours and hours. And then mysteriously, my guitar, <laughs> it disappeared, okay? I'm even yummin', okay? So in order to like actually become good or great at anything, don't worry, my wife didn't just hide it. She like informed me that it was being uh, removed. <laughs> the guitar was no longer a good fit for the, the house. It didn't match the paper, uh, the wallpaper. So we had to ask it to, to leave. And the song, I couldn't get it down. I just wasn't going, okay? Um, don't judge me. So anyways, um, <laughs> we all, we tend to judge ourselves on who we are versus the people who actually put in the work. And then we compare ourselves and we say, well, you know, that person, yeah, that person, that person put 25 years into mastering real estate and buying up real estate all across the country. They are worth $50 million. They do live in a $5 million house. And that's because they've gotten themselves to that point in their life. That person who's an amazing musician or a singer or whatever the case may be, they've mastered an art. They've built themselves to a certain point. How many times have you heard Rabbi Zachariah Wallenstein when people say to him, Rabbi Wallenstein, I want to marry somebody like you. He says, somebody like me. I'm in my 60s. My wife married me when I was 19 years old. She didn't marry me now. She married me then. And because we went along this journey and she brought out so much good from him, so then he became who he became. Every single one of us is like that. When we compare ourselves to other people, it's very often, it, it's in a diamond. You cannot compare these two people. This person put in the work. They became who they became because they actually spent thousands of hours. If you play a guitar for thousands of hours, not just like 10 times the Hayulim Shisa, okay? It was more than that. It, it was enough to annoy anybody, okay? <laughs> it, was, it was a very long time trying to master the song, okay? But my point is, is that if you put in thousands of hours, 2,000 hours on, 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 on an instrument, and then you can't play, then you can't play, okay? You just can't do it. It's not for you. So it's something else is for you. But I guarantee you that if you put 2,000 hours into anything, any skill, you will find that you're actually so much better at so many things than you give yourself credit, credit for. And what most people tend to do is that they have their neshama that is like sort of jumping in 50 different directions what it, what it wants to accomplish, what it feels it could accomplish, what it's like 
if you just allowed me to do that or you allowed me to do this, I would soar. We try twice and then we go, ah, I'm giving up. Your neshama is the same letters as mishane. It wants to change. It doesn't want to be a bad guitar player. It wants to be a good guitar player. It wants to master a skill. And when you master a skill, you become confident. This coach said over that this heavier um, goalie, this kid who didn't have any belief in himself as a goalie, he brought him over to the wall and he said to him, I want you to stand here by the wall, kick the ball at the wall and catch it. And the kid kicked the ball at the wall and it just fell on the floor. He said, no, pick it up, kick it again. Kick it at the wall. He tried to catch it. He dropped it. He said, kick it again. Kicked it, dropped it. Kicked it, dropped it. Kicked it, dropped it. He said, great, I'll be back in eight hours. He's like, eight hours? Are you kidding me? I'm just not a good goalie. He said, no, you're not not a good goalie. You haven't even gotten on the journey of seeing how to become a goalie. A goalie has to have hands that, that stick to the ball. So you're going to stand there for eight hours and kick the ball and catch the ball and kick the ball and catch the ball. And he came back after an hour to check on this kid. And this kid is kicking and catching and kicking and catching. He said, great, seven hours left, six hours left. And he did this all day. And then he said, come back tomorrow and come back the next day, come back the next day. And he said that this kid went on to become a world-class goalie because he explained to him and he showed him that you gave up on the line two of the book. It's a 10,000-page book. You gave up a line two. I don't like this. Well you, don't, well, you don't like it. You're not even there. You're not even in the game. Spend the hours to get yourself to that point and you'll see that you will believe more in yourself. Step number nine. Step number nine is be you. We are very unique. And when we go through many systems, Baisako systems, school systems, yeshiva systems, people come out feeling very similar to other people. I am me and you are you and we're all very similar. I always talk over how me and my friends, we used to say like, we're all going to marry like a group of friends. We're going to all live in Lakewood on the same block. We're going to just like, because we're all the same. And, and like, we all ended up like on different sides of the world. Married, one guy's married to a girl from Australia. One guy, Montreal, one guy, Detroit. Like, like literally, like, it's like you could not get further like from where, where we're all coming from because you are unique. You are different than your friends. And a lot of times we try to become so much like other people because we look at them as being a success. So we say, great, they're a success. Therefore, I have to be like them. Most of you don't know this because you never saw this film and hopefully never will. But when I started speaking, so the way I got into Torah Anytime was that, I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but a certain person who works for Torah Anytime, I was giving a class and he put down a camera and then he came back the next day and he said, by the way, I put this on Torah Anytime. You got, I don't know how many hundreds of people watch this class. I was like, no way. There's only like a few people in the room. He's like, no, no, on Torah Anytime, you could get like a lot more than that. I was like, oh, okay. So I got into Torah Anytime and I was filming one, two, three, four classes. And then I decided I had like four classes lined up that I wanted to give. So I said, great, this is a great opportunity for me to like film these classes and upload them. And as you know, I'm always trying to like get more like, you know, equipment and stuff, whatever. Okay, so I went to like a certain base medrash and I said to myself, I'm going to film four classes on my own. So I set myself up with like lights and a camera and a microphone and a lav mic. And I'm like all set up. I'm all excited. And I have like my four things. Mind you, I'm talking to an empty base medrash. But I had seen that many people who speak on Torah anytime they have, like, they're standing in front of, like, a, like an Aaron Kaidesh, and, like, you know, I have, like, the whole look, okay? 
So I was very excited. Like, okay, like I'm going to be just like a certain person. I'm not going to say who. Okay. So I gave these four classes and I'm telling you, it, it took me three hours to set up and to take everything down and to give these classes. And I, I was talking and I was giving this whole class. Okay. And I come home and I said to my wife, wow, you're going to be so excited. I just filmed four classes and we got to post this on Twitter anytime. It's amazing. And my wife watches one class and she was like, her face was like, and I'm like, what's this face? And she's like, this is not you. And I'm like, no, it's me. So she's like, this is not you. This is somebody else. Your, your, your vision is somebody else. Your style, your content, the things you get, it's every person is different. Don't become the next anybody. Become you. Stick to you. Celebrate your Shabbos the way you celebrate Shabbos. Like live your life with your flavor, with like the way that you do you. And you'll find that you are awesome. You don't have to become somebody else. What you do is just as good, if not better or different, a totally different audience maybe than that other person who maybe has their own success. And step number 10, if you remember when we did the Ruben Epstein show, still got the mugs, Allah Shalom for the show. <laughs> okay. So when we did that show, I had on Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson. And to me, there was one question that I asked that the, this answer that he gave that was just so profound, which to me, it changed my life. And it was worth all those classes and all those shows to get this one snippet of advice. When you give these classes, people email, I get emails all the time. And Baruch Hashem, most of them are positive. And then there's always those people who have their criticisms, you know, their their advice, their helpful advice, and how they think that you need to change everything about you. So I asked him, Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, I said, how do you deal with criticism? You know, <laughs> there are things that you have going on that maybe people are not so fond of. What do you do when somebody says something to you that, you know, you're not so happy about? And he said, ask yourself one question. Is this person looking out for my best interest? Or are they just looking to just ear out their opinion? If they actually cared about me, if they actually cared about me, then you will take their suggestion and you'll run with it. You'll be like, wow, that's amazing. If they don't, then just move it off to the side. And even if they do care about you, it will come across in a loving, caring way. And you'll take that suggestion. You'll ask somebody that you care about. Is this something that I need to work on? Something that I need to change, change the format or change what we do. And then you get your answer and you run with it. That concept really resonated with me. Because it could be a boss that's criticizing you. It could be somebody else who's criticizing you. But when your boss wants you to become a better employee, wants a better company, you're really on the same page. If they're just, they just have a temper, they're just screaming at a chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like the thing that, that, that blew my mind with that story with Ravelli Lapian was his mother. Because most of us would be upset at the chicken. You know what I'm saying? A chicken knocks over the crystal. You're like, what are you doing? Like, because you, you're not thinking. His mother was a thought out person. She was like, my child needs to learn a lesson. So I'm going to teach my child a lesson that you be careful around crystal. But the chicken, if I get upset at the chicken, it shows that I'm just a chicken. It shows that I'm just reactionary. I'm just, I lose, lose my mind. If somebody just loses their mind around you, so write them off. They have no, no sheikhs to you. If somebody really cares for you, then that criticism will be very well received. That's step number 10. Accepting criticism and filtering out what people say to you. Now, I want to end with just one, one concept, which I think is just so awesome and so beautiful. 
So if everything we just said is true, if a person is Bitsalamali came and they're living for a purpose and and they they're unique to themselves and all the things we just said, right? We just said 10 steps to how amazing a person is. So if that's the case, persons should be full of gaiva. How does Anivas fit in over here at all? And the answer is, is because this has nothing to do with you whatsoever. The reason why you're on this planet is because you have a purpose. And in fulfilling that purpose, in living your life with purpose, you are really inconsequential. Maisha was the un of Mikal Adam. He was the Eved Hashem. It all has to do with Hashem. Just like Eliezer was the Eved Avram. It had nothing to do with me. It's all about my mission, why I'm here. And when you remember that it's all about the reason why you're here, the mission that Hashem put you on to fulfill your own Kafka, that you can uniquely contribute to this world. So then there's no I. There's no I in this game. There's no I in team. It's no shaykhs to you. It has nothing to do with you. It has all to do about your purpose. And when you remember that, when it's all about the tunnel, it's all about the journey and coming through the journey as a closer clone to what Hashem is, a chelak alikami mal inside of you is radiating the source that it comes from, that's anivas. Okay, they yelled at me. So what? There's nothing, I'm like, well, so what? I'm on this planet to change the world. I'm living 25 hours a day for other people. I'm doing chesed. I'm living. I'm running my family. I'm doing all these things because I have a purpose. And this person's screaming. Okay. No, no, they're screaming. There's no shaykhs to me. It's nothing, no shaykhs. It's anivas. It's not gaiva. It's not about you. It's not about my car and my shallowness and my clothes and all the things that make up the eye. It's not about the ego. It's about the purpose. When you remember that, wow, you become an anav. An awesome anav who knows their intrinsic worth. You get up every day with a purpose and a meaning. And you're awesome. You're amazing. The next time you're down, play this class. Just remember that the person who hurt you has no shlita. They have no jurisdiction over your life, over your emotion. Just live your life with your purpose and your meaning and activate your neshama and set out to become a bigger, better version of yourself. And then you'll realize that all the things that are bothering so many people are really narishkeit. It really has nothing to do with anybody or anything whatsoever. Have a good night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.